everybody. Thanks for coming to another episode of My Angular Story. I'm the host, Aaron Frost. And today our guest is Jennifer Wadella. You're kind of getting famous like pretty quickly in the Angular community. Like that's so flattering. Yeah. So but there's some people who might not know who you are. So can you give like a a solid intro? A solid intro? Um like, just cover kombucha the like all the deeds is all i love how fixated you are on the kombucha part um well like my bio across the internet uh says that i'm the lead uh angular consultant at a company called batobi uh the founder of a nonprofit called kansas city women in technology uh, and brewer of kombucha and technical conference speaker so yes that is some of my my highlights of of me-ness yeah this episode is sponsored by sentry.io Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Yeah, I remember, I remember like the first time, by the way, for the listeners, I'm eating a salad. But uh, <laughs> I remember, like, the first time I was aware of Jennifer when I was like, you had submitted a talk at NGConf, and I was like, wait a minute, who is this person? Because you had so many, like, credentials. Like, I organized 45,000 meetups, and I'm like an <laughs> architect. And, like, I was like, how do, does anyone here know who Jennifer Waddell is? And Alyssa and I were like, I don't know who she is. So like, we went to your Twitter, and we're like, we saw all the logos on your on your the 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 backdrop in your Twitter. And we're like, wow, like she seems awesome. Um, and then you got to know me. Just kidding, should, I'm pretty awesome. We should pick her talk. Like she's 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 a big deal. Anyway, um, so you do a lot of stuff. Why do you do so much stuff? Because there are so many problems in the world to solve. That's why I do so many stuff. Oh, yeah. How long have you been doing like all this stuff? Like. Because you organize more than one meetup. Oh, yeah. So basically, um, about six and a half years ago, I founded Kansas City Women in Technology uh, to basically grow the number of women in tech careers in Kansas City. And, you know, starting out, didn't really know what I was doing, thought we could put on a couple meetups and we were going to solve the problem. Um, and that is not, not how real diversity works. Um, and so we got a lot of feedback from the community and have kind of created and iterated on programs just based on, you know, six years of, of feedback from the community to create all the programs we have today. Um, so at a high level, we have our tech talks, which are monthly networking events. And so these cover a variety of, of technology topics and careers, um, whether it's what it's like to be a business analyst, what it's like to be a project manager, um, how to manage working remote. Uh, last night, we had an event on freelancing and how to, how to handle that. And so we have a panel of uh, typically women occasionally will have men, but from a broad, 
broad variety of backgrounds who speak to these topics and then people will get a chance to network and ask questions with them later. Um, from there, we uh, run a coding club for kids called Coder Dojo, Kansas City. Uh, Coder Dojo is a global nonprofit founded out of Ireland uh, with the goal of getting more kids coding in sort of like an after-school club format. Um, so ours has been running about six and a half years now, um, one of the longest running clubs in the world. Um, and our whole goal there is to get kids coding regardless of gender identity and not have them have any notions about coding being an appropriate um, hobby or, or skill set based on whatever your gender identity is. Um, we run a program called Coding and Cupcakes, which is getting um, girls and their guardians into code. And the big thing about this program was we'd get a lot of feedback from parents saying, oh, well, I don't think my daughter would like coding. I'll bring my son to Coder Dojo. And so it's like it's the parents putting up walls against coding for girls. And what do you do? You bring it pink, you make it girly, and all of a sudden parents think it's girl-friendly even though the code underneath is the exact same and I have eight-year-old girls deploying websites uh, via command line to GitHub pages at the end of the day. So if, if pink is what it takes to get the parents in the door to be supportive, I'm on board. Um, and then uh, we launched Coding and Cocktails, which is our um, series for women, 21 plus, uh, to learn how to code. We focus on front-end development technology, but we do everything in between. So that's how to use command line, how to use version control, how to actually begin to start architecting applications, um, of course, over very trendy cocktails and mocktails. Yeah. Um, yep. Is it a bar? Is it at like a, a nice bar? Or no. The drinks? Um, we all, we kind of use different um, companies in Kansas City that are technology employers that have like good common spaces and good like kitchenette areas. And we actually have um, a bartender who um, I've known for years. She's always like wherever the hot new spot is opening in Kansas City with cocktails, she's working there. Mm -hmm. And so she creates a custom menu for us every month and then either she or um, somebody that contracts for her will come in and bartend for the event. So. Oh wow, that's cool. Yep. yep. That's pretty posh to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's delightful. And, and the funny thing is like, we want to be inclusive. So of course we have like pop and water, but sometimes the mocktails look more appealing than the cocktails. Like there's always a really, really good mocktail on the menu. So I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've just built this like really robust supportive community. Um, all these programs have a huge mentor base across them. So like we have women like lining up to mentor at our programs, which is really, really exciting. And then we ran our first NG Girls a couple weeks ago and it was really great because we have this really amazing um, supportive community that we could pull a huge mentor base from. So I think we had like over 80 women registered to attend and maybe between like 20 and 30 um, mentors to, to work the event. So yeah. Yeah, I saw you guys' event go off online and it looked uh, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, we were we were really happy with it. And we've run Django Girls workshops for like uh, three years now. And so we kind of have like a really good pattern and routine set up for how we do our application process, how we recruit mentors, how we organize events and try and maximize everybody's time. So it was easy to take that Django Girls model and apply it to the way we ran an NG Girls event for a first year event. It ran fantastically. The team just knocked it out of the ballpark. So it was amazing. Yeah, that's good. You never, on those first time events, it's always like, it could go either way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, we have, this, we have this, like, framework now that we can work from. So anytime somebody approaches us and they're like, hey, I want to do this, we're like, great, follow this framework, make sure you're emulating our core values, and off they go. And it, we have yet to have it blow up in our face, so. That's good. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are doing enough events that that, that like, event framework is probably a pretty mandatory, like, idea. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. So it is interesting to me 
This is the second time I've heard you kind of descri- describe that the parents are the ones who are like, mm, it's not girly enough. Uh, add some cupcakes or, or something like that. And it's like, what? Like, Well, it's not even a demand on their part. It's just a complete aversion avert- unless you like market to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're saying, hey, add some cupcakes or else. Like, yeah, I, I realize it's yeah. subconscious on their part, but um, part of me is like, by making it pink and then making it all girls, that's good. You're getting more girls in, but are we also reinforcing the stereotype for the next gen that <sighs> so and you have to make it pink in order for girls to come? Otherwise, it's just a guy. Like you know, like it makes it makes me wonder. Not that I'm criticizing. Yeah. It just no, but I mean, this this conversation comes up a lot, and a lot of people get offended by this idea of pinkifying, and like you know, gender based marketing really took off in the '60s and '70s, which like is why we have such a disparity in tech now is because computers were marketed exclusively to boys. Boys were the ones that computers were made for. Video games were the ones that um, were made for boys. And so like, we've got to fight all this. Um, And at the end of the day, like the narrative that myself and my team tends to push is this idea of juxtaposition. You can be into computers, you can be into nerdy shit, and it doesn't mean you have to fit the subset of a personality. You can like pink, you can like unicorns, you can like writing code. And so it's more this idea of let's stop forcing people into these narrowly defined boxes, do what we can to get people interested or at least exploring technology who might have not for whatever sociological pressure reasons, get them exposed to it. If they continue, yay, set them up to be successful in whatever their interest or color scheme may be. Yeah, no, it's good. It's always uh, how to progress as like a community. Is, these are always interesting questions, right? I think you guys are doing great. About 10 months before we started Ruby Rogues, which is the oldest podcast on devchat.tv, I went freelance. And one of the things that I figured out pretty fast is that I had no idea what I was doing. And I made a bunch of mistakes, but I also made a bunch of friends who were doing freelance. And we got together and we started a podcast called The Freelancer Show. And The Freelancer Show has been running about as long as JavaScript Jabber. But we talk every week about all of the things that we were learning and doing in freelancing and giving people advice on how to get their business started so that they could go out and be independent if that's what they wanted. Nowadays, I'm not on the show anymore, but we have terrific people like Riven Lerner and Eric Dietrich that come on every week and talk to you about how they run their businesses and give other perspectives on things that you can do. So whether it's how to find clients or whether it's how to step in and start doing training or other programs or how to run a business, they have a ton of experience and they talk about all kinds of things that are going to help you pull things together and be successful as a freelancer. So whether you're thinking about moonlighting and trying it out or whether you're going whole hog and quitting your job, you should definitely check out The Freelancer Show and you can find that at freelancershow.com. So, uh, not that you guys needed my approval, but it, it seems great from where I'm sitting. Um, so, uh, how did you get into Angular? Because, you know, I, whenever I meet like a, a senior, senior engineer, I'm like, you know, a, a lot of us could have gone either way. Like, we could have gone a React way, we could have gone a backend way. So, it's, it's always interesting when I meet people I, ha- I, I, I don't know as well. How did you fall down the React, or sorry, the Angular path? Yeah, so... Um the early part of my tech career, I was working in a marketing agency and there were just projects spinning up left and right, um, which was really cool because like there was the excuse to um, try out a lot of different frameworks, um, which, you know, if you're in a SaaS environment for years, like you may not have a chance to like be exposed to a lot of different technology. And so the cool thing about that was 
you got a chance to play with a little bit of everything. Like when I started, um, Backbone JS was a big thing. And so I, I really cut my teeth with um, single page application work in, in Backbone JS. At the same time, we had other teams who were running on Knockout and running on Ember. Um, and so I would jump around like tag team on a project. If somebody was getting just like overloaded by feature requests or bugs to fix, I would hop over and okay, let's, let's figure out knock, Knockout. So for me as a developer, like I think I'm fairly agnostic. Like I'm a JavaScript developer, which means a new framework is going to come out. People are going to get all freaking excited about it. It's going to be everywhere. And then you're going to learn how to use it. I don't discriminate. Like I've got bigger fights to pick, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm in Kansas City, which is a very .NET heavy community. And so um, I had been exploring Angular at this marketing agency. And then I ended up um, going to work at like this hot new startup at the time, um, which ended up being like one of the most abusive places I've ever worked. Um, but they were rocking Django on the back end, Angular JS on the front end. And so that was my first time really getting in Angular. And I did like it a lot because I feel like there were a lot of problems that it solved that I ran into with um, Backbone, with Phantom Views, and not really understanding how to unbind certain things and make sure like, you know, um, events were getting handled properly. And so I really liked just a lot of what AngularJS offered with its templating and everything out of the out of the box versus like, you know, backbone where you'd have to piece together everything. Okay, make sure you have Lodash. Okay, make sure you have handlebars, dependency, dependency, dependency. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's cool. So how did you get into Angular from AngularJS? Um, let's see here. Okay, so I did AngularJS startup. That place was abusive as crap. I went and jumped ship to another startup, built up their front end in AngularJS, which was fine. Um, I was also the one who always like got the unit test up and running and like moved the the environment from Webpack or from whatever it was to Webpack to support like being able to unit test better and get all that integrated. Right. Um, and then let's see, I took time off to go like work at a non-abusive tech company where like I feel like. In, in our career, you, you can go one of two paths. You can work on the cool tech with app, or you can work on tech with people who are actually human beings who understand and care about learning how to manage people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, some so, exceptions, but generally, I feel like that's true, unfortunately. Right? It's so frustrating. So, did that, and then... Um, once that kind of wound down, I had an old coworker who I'd worked with at a marketing agency who was the CTO of a new startup. And he was like, hey, you've got this application. It had basically gotten started in Angular. Um, and he's like, can you come do this? And I was like, sure, I did AngularJS. I can go jump over and, and handle this. And so that's when I started working with Angular. And, um, you know, it was amazing because I remember having a conversation with him about unit testing and Webpack. And he's like, oh, no, it just works. I just set it up and it was fine. And I was like, nah, nah, you're lying to me. And then I get to the code base and I was like, holy, like Angular and the Angular CLI, magic. It was like Mary Poppins came and sprinkled like yeah. a little bit of magic all over. Um, and so it was just amazing. Like I liked Angular before or Angular JS before, but moving to that, I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The CLI is crazy powerful. Oh my God. And then like, I try and do other stuff. Uh, like I'm actually working on a lot of Angular JS focused content for conferences right now, because like, especially after ng-conf, I had no idea how many developers are still supporting legacy Angular JS app and nobody is building content for them. And so I'm on a kick right now, but then I'm yeah. like spinning up all these Angular JS projects and I'm like, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. Like I don't need my CLI. So are you doing this for customers or are you do? is there like some blog that you're doing that I'm not following, unfortunately? Like, where do you um, put all this content out at? 
So like I, I wrote up this abstract um, for the, cause I've had this concept for a while and I've just been like tweaking at it and I'm in the process of creating a lot of supporting blog content around it right now. But this got picked up by five or six conferences immediately. And um, the premise is supporting old AngularJS applications in a modern TypeScript world. And so this content is around, okay, how to take your existing AngularJS app, how to convert it to start using TypeScript to take advantages of it, um, how to start using RxJS. And then like if your company is on the fence where you think you might be moving towards like a rewrite into Angular, how can you start to build new features that you have to maintain now and web components to make the, the crossover easier? So that's like the, the premise of, of this talk. And yeah, just based on that and the abstract alone, it's gotten picked up like wildfire. So are you muted? Wow. Uh, I saw you mouthing wow, and I was like, wow. <laughs> what conference are you giving this at? Are you giving it at the NWA Tech Summit? No, I don't even know what that is. Um, okay. Um, I, let's see here. I'm first giving it at Dev, DevFest Springfield. Okay. Because, um, like, all my, all my DevFest friends, like, reached out. And they're like, oh, my God, can you speak at my conference? Because, like, I think the GD pairing thing, like, did not pan out. And now all the DevFest organizers are scrambling for speakers, which sucks. Um, so they're like, will you come speak? What do you want to talk about? And I was like, let me give this new one a run. And then I'm giving it at uh, Prairie DevCon. I'm giving it at uh, NG Talks in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, I got into another conference, but I had to back out of because they hadn't made, like they hadn't gotten travel figured out. And then by the time it came for me scheduling, it was no longer feasible with all of my other conferences, but it got into a TypeScript conference and then um, doing it at Angular Mix in vegas yeah cool so that's awesome um so you're gde <laughs> i remember yeah. when uh i remember when you became a gde or I, no i don't no i don't i just remember talking to you like this gde thing's not really in my bag but I'm gonna <laughs> and you're actually like there's really great gde but you're kind of like mm, i'm not doing it for the gde i'm just doing it because this is who i am yeah. Well, yeah, like I've been doing that shit for six years and then I spoke yeah. at a women tech maker summit and all these women swore me and they're like, why the hell aren't you a GDE for everything you're doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't need a badge. <laughs> like I'm, I'm too anti-establishment. Hey, where's your badge? You're like, yeah. It's like, no, I built my cred the hard way. So yeah. 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 I built my cred probably not that way. I don't know. Maybe a little bit that way. I don't know. It's hard to know. Right. I will say like running a conference is like something that I will never, ever do. Like the amount of work and energy that goes into that. Like I am in awe of you and everybody else who runs consistently and freaking amazing conferences, by the way, NG conf like blew my mind. Like just how amazing it was on every level. Wow. Thanks. We, uh, we put a lot of effort into that one. And it shows it's amazing. Yeah. That one's fun. Um, we try and treat the speakers well. Mm -hmm. Did you, I mean, this year we gave that pretty sweet speaker coat. Oh my gosh. I am so like excited for it to get it so I can wear it. <laughs> oh, That's like my favorite coat of any tech thing I've ever had. Like it's, it's a fantastic coat. Well, and I wear like the track jacket thing that you did. Like I wear that freaking everywhere. That is like part of my travel wardrobe now. Like I have outfits that I, uh, that I wear for the plane and that is always, yeah. yeah. But the bomber jacket, I'm so excited to break out as soon as it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Utah stayed cold for a bit. This yeah. Year, like, we stayed cold late, so I was able to wear it for quite a while. Um, That's exciting. After the conference. So, yeah, I love it. Over the last many years, we've had a ton of terrific people on JavaScript Jabber. And one thing that I realized over the last few years 
was that we were missing out on some of the real story there. So we would talk about the topic that they were experts in and help you keep up on what's going on in the JavaScript community. But I felt like we had these terrific people on there and we didn't really talk about who they were. So I pulled together a show called My JavaScript Story. And what we do is we interview the people that we've had on JavaScript Jabber or people just from the community. Maybe we'll have you on sometime. And we talk about how they got into programming, how they got into JavaScript, what they're working on, what they're well known for, and how they've developed their career. And some of the people are extremely well known and come from really interesting backgrounds. So if you're curious about how your JavaScript heroes got into JavaScript, then go check out My JavaScript Story. You can find it at myjsstory.com. Well, cool. Uh, I, you're, you're one of my favorite people in your community right now. I love heart. Every, everywhere I look, you're doing something fun. And I know that's always, you're always teaching people. So I'm, I'm happy you're here and I'm happy that you're kind of leading the way for the rest of us. And, and for any, like, one thing that's been great about um, being your friend is you're, you're a good mentor for people who are trying to help move things forward, you know, mm -hmm. and moving things forward. It's scary. Moving things forward is not scary. Talking about moving things forward is scary, right? Mm -hmm. Like waking up and going, Hey, today I'm moving stuff forward. That's not scary at all. Like everyone should wake up and do that, you know? Yeah. But like, Hey, I'm not actually going to have a conversation out loud with other humans about moving things forward. And I might even do it on Twitter too. Like, that's scary. That's scary. You know? Are you talking about me booting people from Slack? <laughs> no, just, just like, no, I'm talking about like me, like sometimes having questions or maybe misspeaking mm. and like, um, not unintentionally, but yeah, like, and then having a friend that's like, hey, oi. That's how you say it. Oi. <laughs> totally how I say it. Don't. Don't say that. Oh, okay, thanks. It's it's nice. So yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's one of the, that's one of my, my my happy friend moments with you is just getting that kind of coaching and guidance because it's um, scary, right? Like I, oh, gave, it's I, I gave a talk at Angular Denver called Inclusivity Now, and um, that was the scariest talk I've ever given. Like, I mean, I uh, as scary is all I'm saying. And it, it, it's game-based. Like, everyone in the audience, we're all playing a game together. And then I get, I get like, in between every question in the game, I get serious moments to talk about inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So I lighten it up, though, with the game. And then I go, hey, but seriously, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's a scary. It's scary to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. What, how much of your time do you think you spend focusing on that? Um, I mean, not as much these days, like two, three years ago. Oh my God. It was so much time. Like I felt like I had no semblance of like a personal life, but the cool thing is like, I've tried to do things strategically and create more of a ripple effect versus me doing all the work myself. And so by building teams and mentoring women and giving them autonomy, but also like a safety net to fall back on, I feel like at least with my organization, we've been able to accomplish so much more than any single individual could. 
And like, even from a speaking standpoint, I've been taking on a lot of um, female speaking mentees who are just like landing conferences left and right. Like one of them booked JS Conf this year, a um, couple of them booked abstractions. Like, so I, I really focus my energy towards like helping other people make bigger outcomes. Like, yeah, just by doing that ripple effect. And so now um, I get to be more guarded about my time. Now I get to focus on pushing out like a lot more angular content. Um, and doing those kind of things. And then I'm just there as a resource and a safety net for people doing the actual awesome work. That's a lot of work. I don't know how you do it all. It's impressive. Um, there's several people in the community that are like you and they're, they're, they're fun to watch. That's all I know. Well, so what's, well, I what's next? Doing a community organizing blog series that I'm a couple posts behind, but I'm trying to like put this content out so other people can learn from it. To show other people, hey, this is how you do Yep. Um, so what's next? You have a big speaking year. What's, you know, what's going on? Oh my God. Like, so before I backed out of that, that conference for, for the travel delay and me not being able to get a flight there anymore, like I was supposed to do five conferences in October, which was mildly terrifying. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And especially cause it wasn't just like stateside. I would have gone from, um, Romania to Australia, to Canada, to Italy, to Norway um oh, wow. which would have been terrifying but um on sunday i leave for ngde in berlin yeah um and iceland air does direct flights right now from kansas city so i'm doing a two-day stopover in iceland which i'm really excited about so i'm going to take like a two-day vacation i'm going to go see some puffins i'm going to ride some horses i'm going to hike to some hot springs so yeah dude that's killer yeah I'm, I'm really excited like i've been ordering like i'm i'm a huge research nerd um like there's a subreddit called her one bag that's all about like packing light and being able to like do multiple weeks away like on a carry-on and so i've been like getting all my gear oh that okay i have a different pick now actually um for the end of the episode uh right. so that's that's my nerdy research thing that i like to do for traveling how to be a better traveler a more efficient yep. traveler yep um i just when i travel i you know, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but I am every time. Okay. When like you're standing on the line to get in your seat on the plane, right? Uh -huh. and you're just, why is this taking so long? Like, mm -hmm. like, even if I multiply the number of people in the line times 10, 15 seconds it takes to get in your seat, we should have been in our seats 20 minutes ago. Like what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. And then like you get, you get, and you're like, now you're two rows away and, and, the, and the person in front of you is like, Take off the vest slowly. Put, oh. put the bag in the chair. Walk back out to the aisle. Oh, sorry, I almost hit you. Wasn't paying attention. Lift ridiculously oversized carry-on. Like some of these carry-ons, dude. People know. Some people, you gotta know. And then they're like, and then then you're they're like, I can't pick it up. Like and you're so you have to help. And by the time they are in their seat and out of the way for other people walk by like two minutes yep how's this a thing well the thing that really annoyed me i don't remember because i've flown so much this year but a couple flights ago like the plane is boarding everybody's there and there's a student in my seat and i'm like hey you're in my seat and he's sitting with i don't know like a dad or a family member and it was like a guy uh, you know 20s 30s so not like a child and it, the person he was with was like oh i didn't think it'd be that big of a deal the plane's not full but so the entire plane comes to a freaking halt well, he gets out to get out of my seat and then has to go back to wherever he's supposed to be sitting. And if people weren't so freaking entitled, like, I think it would be a lot different. Um, like, they're just not aware that the entire world does not revolve around them. And there are other people to be considered. And, yeah. 
Yeah, how do they know if the flight's full if you're not done boarding? It was packed, and the like the person um, at the at the gate said it was going to be a full flight. So I'm like, ah, I was so irritated. I was so pissy. So you, yeah, so you're 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 now stuck in a seat next to this person. Yeah, for the whole flight. Oh yeah, and he knew I was pissed. He was like, like, like you know, squished into his own seat, making sure not to get my bubble because I was just but like whipped out my laptop and I'm being like aggressive with my elbow space for typing and yeah I was not amused yeah yep Jennifer Waddell and not amused oh yeah or like a couple flights ago I also had like tiny 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 little lady behind me but would put her hands on and rip herself out of her seat by like pulling back on mine and so mine's just like bam and I'm just like I'm getting pissed and I'm livid and then I finally fall asleep and she bonks me on the head I don't even know how it happened but I like whip around and I face her so hard she's like oh sorry and I'm like how it's a two-hour flight sit in your seat oh my god like ah yeah like Oh my God, if it's a flight overseas, like that's eight hours plus, I understand getting up to one or around, but it's a two hour flight. Sit yeah. in your seat, leave me alone, let me nap. Yeah, they're gonna bring you some water and some Sprite, maybe some cheeses. <sighs> just get your headphones and sit down. That's all awesome. <sighs> to do. Yes, oh, okay, wow, we need to like derage Jennifer about airline I know. Sorry, I did that, that was all me. I did that, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Well, all right. Okay. Well, um, uh, we're going to move on to picks because kind of time's up. But yep. uh, let's, let's move on to picks. Uh, I'm going to – You would you like to go first? I can totally go first. All right. So um, in my one-bagging research, a lot of times it's trying to figure out how to, like, A, ha- be going to a conference, so you have to have conference-appropriate attire. But if you're going somewhere like New Zealand where you want – or Oslo where you want to get out and do hikes and stuff like that, how do you pack for that accordingly? And so I've read about these for a while. They're, they're these prana pants and um, the kind I have are, are the Haley, but they are like this really great, like waterproof fabric. And oh my God, they look amazing. Like my butt looks awesome in these pants and they're waterproof. They're good for hiking, but I could totally show up to a conference wearing these. They look, like, they look like business professional type thing. I mean, not even business professional because they don't feel that stuffy because I'm like a weirdo. They're like a mix between like hiker chic and, and yoga and business professional. Hmm. But like, and I've read about them online and they were like, I don't know. Yeah, these are $85. And so I'm so frugal and I kept reading about them. And then I wandered into REI and I tried them on and I was like, okay, I get the hype. I am purchasing these immediately. They're amazing. Yeah, you got me. Yep. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll make your butt look that good, but they make my butt look good. Yeah. <laughs> Every butt's different. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. I'm still I, sad you didn't wear galaxy leggings for NGCon. <laughs> I know, but you did. Yes. Space pants, as Space they pants. were called. Yes. Um, all right, so what, what are these called again? Uh, so the, the these people. are the, the Prana Haley pants. So Prana is the brand and Haley is the type. All right, Prana Haley. Yeah. Looking for your, what's it called? One bag travel? What's it, what'd you call well, it? So there's a subreddit called One Bag, but then I do her one bag. Oh, so it's more women specific because like, we got like makeup. And, so, okay. yeah. Different different packing concerns mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. uh all right any other picks that's your pick i had another pick but then it got sideswiped by this one and i forgot what it was already so i'm, I'm gonna go, go with my pants i'm gonna pick uh angular bolivia it's tomorrow Ooh, it is yeah so i'm gonna pick oh. angular bolivia they're down there in cochabamba getting ready for some angular community time that's so I'll, pick, I'll pick angular bolivia and then i'm gonna pick uh jorge cano he he just wrote a book on 
angular plus basal builds. Oh, cool. And uh, we're going to, we're going to translate it to English and then uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to give it away. Hero devs is going to give it away to everybody so everyone can have a free angular basal book. So Ooh, very be. cool. But I'm picking Jorge because he's like the main author. So this should help quite a few people, especially when we get like a year or two down the road where Basil's gets to the point where it's like, this is kind of how people do it now, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Jorge for his Angular Basil book. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick, I'm going to pick one more. I'm going to pick one more. Utah JS Conf. We're about to have our own Utah JS Conf. It comes up. I know, I saw that. Towards the end of the September. And uh, when you start talking about Utah, you have to add the you have to add the to the to the beginning of like things that don't have typically the before them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in the September we're gonna have the JS the Utah Jazz Conf, and people are gonna be giving some great talks. Uh, so if you're in the area, if you're in the Utah, get the ticket to the conference and come uh, come hang out. So those are my picks. I have one random other pick then, just because we were talking about my AngularJS content. It still blows my mind how many people don't know about John Papa's style guide for AngularJS. That's crazy. It changed my life, and so that's my other random pick, is like, if you don't know, get on the style guide train. Um, that's a throwback pick. I think if we- But it's still relevant. Throw, for some people, it's super relevant, right? But it is a throwback pick. But yeah, I agree with you. If you're writing AngularJS without J- the JPSG, you need to. <laughs> Such an obnoxious abbreviation. <laughs> I'm here for it. My kids love it when I just pull out the abbreviation. <laughs> the kids are like, yeah, we had like, and they'll say something. Today for lunch, we had blah. And I'll be like, oh. And then I'll just, I'll just abbreviate it. I'll just, I'll just go acronym on them. They're like, what? No, we didn't have that. I'm like, oh, you just said you, and anyway. I'm 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 an, I'm the annoying dad with the acronym. Sorry. I love it. Okay. Um. So Jennifer, if anyone wants to reach out to you, ask questions, is there a preferred medium that they get in touch with you or better? Um. Way? My DMs are open on Twitter. As long as you don't send me dick pics, I'm fine with that. Um. Other than that, uh, I've got ways to get in touch with me on my website, jenniferwoodella.com. Jenniferwoodella.com. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, go become friends with Jennifer. She's awesome. And thanks for coming on. Come again? My bark is worse than my bite. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you do have a bark. And I like it. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Especially when it's like on Twitter and it's like, uh, Jennifer just barked. Grab my popcorn and watch what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's so good. It's so good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And until next time, to the listeners, we'll say peace. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.